Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells podcast. We're back. Eliza is feeling nice and refreshed, aren't you, Eliza? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with yes, Very I am. <laughs> are, you? are you? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm used to lockdown now. I'm in a good routine. So uh, I'm getting used to these remote podcasts. I've done a few with Jordan already. So um, I can't complain. I'm doing all right. Good. Have you got any like lockdown hobbies that you started? Not really. I've I've just been doing everything I was doing before because, well, most of my life I would be working from home anyway. Uh, I'd only be going out to do shows basically. So it hasn't dramatically changed my routine. Um, Good on you. Good for you. I've gone down some weird rabbit holes. (laughs) Yeah, what's the weirdest weirdest lockdown hobby that you've uh, picked up? (laughs) I'm obsessed with World of Warcraft, <laughs> so I have been playing that non-stop with my boyfriend. Um, oh. <laughs> I know, it's so cringe, and I've got no one judge me for these headphones, please. I did it impulsively. I've already dealt with the shame of that. I've come through it, and I'm still wearing them, um, <laughs> and I didn't they want to wear them publicly. But... Definitely Gamer Girl headphones. Yeah, so if, you know. if you are listening on the audio, she's got bright pink with, uh, with are they cat ears or are they wolf ears or what are they? Cat ears. Cat ears. Okay. Yeah. So she's got some nice pink, bright pink headphones. Uh, I Everything's like pink. Microphone, pink. Ah, there you go. My mouse is pink. My actual computer like is pink. I, I didn't even like pink until like three months ago and now everything is pink. Well, look at you right. perpetuating uh, harmful gender stereotypes. Right? No, I'm, I'm saying people I'm stepping into my femininity. That's my like yeah. narrative around it. So, ah, but are you, uh, you know, what if, what if there are people listening who don't identify with being feminine and then they feel like you're setting an unhealthy standard? Well, if you like pink, you have pink, sis, bro, they, them. Whatever it is, you you like it, you get it. Um, but yeah, so World of Warcraft and reading like really, um, I'm trying to find like the most disturbing book I can read. Um, so I've read a couple, haven't quite hit the mark yet. But What's the most disturbing that you've read? Uh, there's two. There's one. Um, I can't remember. It's about about a murderer called Pee Wee. That's his nickname, Pee Wee something. If you look that up, you'll find it. Pee Wee Herman? Maybe. You can't buy the book anywhere. Or if you do, it's like $800. So I downloaded it from Reddit. And um, the reason they took it off the shelves because it was someone had, a journalist had gone in and interviewed him because he's, he's got a life sentence. And he basically journals like in, or writes in first person, Pee Wee's experience of murdering people. And it details the most horrific assaults and murders and like his thought process behind it and it's all true so that was disturbing I read it in a day I found it very interesting I sent it to some friends and they read three pages and was like I can't sleep I'm traumatized so um be careful What's the allure of of things like that that are clearly disturbing but also very clearly intriguing? (laughs) I mean, we've talked Um, about how uh, true crime shows are very popular on Netflix, but now you're stepping into true crime novels as well. Yeah, I guess I always find it really interesting to try understand uh, the mindset and psychology behind it. Like I work with these people for a living often. Um, A lot of people I'm working with currently have 
you know, been abusers, murderers and things like that. So I do support these kinds of people at my in my job. So it's always interesting for me to know about it. Um, and also to develop, like I, I have to, in my workplace, I can't have a shock factor. Like I've got to just have mm. someone say something disturbing to me and let it roll over. And a lot of the times these people I work with will try to confront me and try to be like really intense or say something very um, inappropriate to me to get a reaction out of me. And I just got to be like, okay, <laughs> that was odd. Moving on. Um, that's just how it is. But what do they say? It, Are they, did they throw out some personal in, insults to try and throw yeah, you off? Yeah, it's, it's usually something sleazy. Um, yeah, okay. Or like one person said to me, he was a child, <laughs> so it was a bit weird, but he was like, I would, I would chop your head off and fuck your dead body. So those kind of things, uh, which was always fun. Um, and something like that's so obvious. I wouldn't get, I mean... I've never been in that situation, but I feel like that's so, it's so obvious that that person's just trying to get under your skin. Whereas the ones where they know they're your subtle. soft spot, yeah, yeah. Or they're subtle. Those are the ones that, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, unfortunately, with that child, he had done some very horrific things. So I, I was a bit like, I just said to him, I was like, "Wow, you've got a really vivid imagination. I love that." <laughs> and they just kept going. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But um, anyway, my most recent book I just read is called, and it's a fictional, it's called um, Tender is the Flesh. And it's about um, all the animals in the world become like, I don't know, they give you diseases. So people start farming humans um, and eating them. And it is uh. so like descriptively gruesome. Um, do and don't recommend the book. So, yeah. Mm. Strong as, sounds like a strong uh, <laughs> vegan message. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no one's vegan. They all just eat the humans. Um, there's literally no vegans in the Ah, world. true. I guess that's, yeah, that's technically yeah. not vegan, is it? Um, I have uh, been reading, just a, I've just been reading about history right now. It's just a big As you do, almana almanac of, of, I'm trying to get these, um, you know, summaries of uh, all the main, uh, you know, areas of study. And over the next yeah. two years, just have a have just a basic breadth of knowledge for every main subject, so I can hopefully converse with people who are experts in in that field. But I won't be able to converse on, on their level, but I'll know enough to just uh, maintain a conversation. I that's, love that. Yeah, Good on that's you. what I'm trying to do right now. Um, I read a book just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, I think it's just called Testosterone. And it's, uh, there's a lady who was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I, I think her name was Carol Hooven. And I really like that podcast. Uh, she speaks about how she uh, was studying, I think it was evolutionary biology at, at Harvard or Stanford, one of the elite universities in America. And she was also studying chimpanzee behavior. And at first it really, um, it was hard for her to uh, study you know, the implications of testosterone with, you know, in regards to rates of things like assault and violence and, and, and rape. Um, and she also sort of documents her personal journey and how she learned a lot from, from that study. And there's a lot of uh, studies uh, that really make you think. Um, there's studies about how there are some uh, females who are born with an abnormally high amount of testosterone uh, but they, their appearance is very feminine and they still exhibit, you know, stereotypically male behaviours. 
And there are, um, that one sticks to mind. Uh, there were a few other studies, which I actually just can't remember right now. But look, it was a, it was a, it was a good book. It wasn't one of my favorites. It was a bit dull at some points, and I thought she just went a bit too far with her personal story, even though I just said <laughs> that was a nice part of it. But there was just too much. After a while, I was like, all right, we get it. And then, and then get, to, get, to, get to the statistics. Um, but yeah. I like that one, so I would still recommend it. I'd give it a four, uh, three and a half or a four out of five. I love that. We love our hormone books, don't we? I read one too recently called um, Period Power by Ooh. Maisie something. Best book on women's on women on women's on periods that I highly recommend for any woman or person with a vagina to read. It is mind blowingly amazing. So get onto it. You will learn a lot. Does that go into say, you know, with with the different hormones that are um at play during the menstrual cycle, like progesterone and, and Yes, yes. Was there one called luteinizing? Lu- yeah, yeah, the luteal is, phase, luteal follicular phase, phase mm. uh, menstruation, ovulation, and how like, you know, you should plan certain things around your month. And then I started tracking my month and I was like, on certain weeks, I'm so productive and I get so many things done. And then other weeks, uh, basically when you're in your luteal phase, your estrogen, which is like your feminine, happy, sexy hormone just depletes massively. Um, it's gone. And that's when you're in your like moody and you're like, I feel gross, fuck this, fuck life. Like you feel depressed sometimes. Um, and that happens before, before your bleed or before your menstruation. So that's always really interesting because a lot of people think the week of your um, period can be the hard week, but often it's the week prior or PMS, <laughs> pre-menstrual stress. Yeah. So there you go. That's very interesting. It sounds very similar to uh, hormonal. Um, yeah, yeah. So to. you know when guys are like, "Are you on your period?" Like you need to start asking, "Is it the week before your period?" Are you in your <laughs> Are you in your luteal? <laughs> That's what Adrian says to me. <laughs> he knows it. He knows the cycle. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna it's start good. using that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, well, uh, I don't think I even said. I said welcome back, by the way. Uh, it's Thanks. been what three, four weeks now. We actually got to exactly fifty-two podcasts and. And took a break. So that's exactly wow. one year's worth of podcasting. <laughs> um, so yay us. That's wild. <laughs> that's, what a journey. <laughs> time to pat ourselves on the back. Um, just getting back into it, uh, I wanted to talk about body count. So this is a topic that seems to be popping up on TikTok a lot. And for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to by body count, the amount of previous sexual partners that someone has had, that is uh, colloquially colloquially referred to as your body count. Uh, should it matter? Shouldn't it matter? Is someone being, uh, you know, un- unnecessarily harsh and, and, and mean and cruel for judging someone for having a, a high body count? Or is it something that you do need to look into? Um, it's something when I was younger, I was quite insecure about. I think a lot of men are, especially during their teens and, and early 20s. Because our, uh, you know, our our, our worth uh, is often tied into how, you know, sexually potent we are, and how many uh, uh, partners we we have, and how quickly we can have them. And the few times I have had that conversation with previous partners, it hasn't always been comfortable. And sometimes I have felt pretty insecure. I think now I, at least in the last one or two relationships. Well, I never even asked, and then once uh, 
my last girlfriend, she just told me and it was sort of, it was a pretty normal kind of number. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary and it didn't really affect me. Uh, what's your general take on it? Because there's a, there's definitely a lot of women in the, in the comments of these uh, TikToks saying, man, this is just men being extremely insecure. And I can definitely see that um, argument and, and how it can really hurt people to be judged on something like that, especially if that's a period of their life that they're not no longer... Um, if, if they did say, if they were, you know, uh, if that high body count was as a result of unhealthy... Um, behaviors uh, you know unprotected sex or mm. it was sort of an addiction um but if it was just a high body count because they're attractive and they thought well why not let's just have some fun i'm in my early 20s that's probably very different but what's your uh, general thoughts on the on the subject well i didn't actually think anyone cared about it still until you brought it up and i went and like hashtagged it on um TikTok to see what the youth of today are thinking. And um, I saw like basically uh, amongst the girls, if there's like a joke that anytime anyone says, How, what's your body count? You just say three. Like even if it's 80, you say yeah. three. And it's like a common understanding amongst women. Like you just just say three no matter what, mm. uh, which I thought was kind of sad um, that you have to do that, but also funny. Um, and then I saw on um, a lot of males were saying, well, I, I won't date someone with a body count higher than 10 or like in double digits, I won't date someone with a body count higher than five um, because I don't want to, I won't respect you, all these um, interesting reasons. And so I set up a little social experiment last night of me and Ooh. one other person, my boyfriend, and I was on um, <laughs> Zoom to my friend and I had like set it up with her. And Adrian was like sitting next to me, um, doing something, playing with a dog. And I was casually like, oh yeah, Neil asked me to do his podcast. He wants to talk about body count. Like, I hope he doesn't ask me how many I've had. Cause I don't want to have to say like to online, I've slept with 200 people. I just, obviously I haven't. I just said that oh. to see what Adrian would react. Oh. Um, and then she's like oh has it been 200 or like isn't it more now because we were keeping a spreadsheet there for a while and I was like I know I stopped for like a couple of years ago so it's around there and then I just see Adrian's like eyebrows go up and then didn't say anything and then we left the call oh. and um I can't one of us brought it up I can't remember and he was like he was over like over 200 people and I was like yeah didn't you know that and then um he was like no, I didn't. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, okay. Um, and then he just was casual about it. And I was like, oh, I'm joking. I haven't. I just want to see how you respond. Like, didn't you care? And he was like, well, like, to be honest, you know, you're, you're a sexual person. You studied relationship counseling and sexology. Like, it just, I wouldn't have mattered to me so much. Like, I was surprised. But so I thought that was interesting. Um, <laughs> but then, wow. you know previously <laughs> some people would be like i might have had someone just get up and leave and never come back so who knows 200 um, oh, i'm trying <laughs> to think if i overheard a conversation like that i would be shocked i'd want to i probably would want to inquire more just because i don't think i'd immediately think oh that's disgusting or anything like that but that's a lot yeah <laughs> i know so many. yeah <laughs> I, it like, is a lot. if you've been single for 10 years that's 20 a year uh, oh, actually, twenty a year is uh, 
possible. Yeah. And doesn't actually seem like that much when you say it like that. So I guess if you've been single from like 16 to 26 and then you've just, you know, once every two or three weeks at a one night stand, that actually would add up to about in the hundreds. Um, exactly. So when you think about it that way, oh, it may not even be that much. But have yeah. you had that conversation with previous boyfriend? Have you had people ask? All the time. Um, yeah, and and have they? How have they responded? Uh, you well, don't. I, I, I'm not going to ask you to say <laughs> any number or anything like that. But I'm more interested about how how did that conversation come up as well? Um, why were they interested in it? You know, just give yeah. me a bit of uh, insight into that from the female. It was always it's always been initiated by um, them. I never bring it up. I never ask. I don't care to be honest. Um, about how many people someone has slept with. Um, I think that I would be perceived as having a high body count in comparison to people that I've dated because I've always been going after like little shy, introverted, um, dorky people. That's that's always in my type. So in comparison, um, maybe it was shocking to some. I don't know. I've never had a negative reaction. Um, I've had one person who he had slept with two people. I was his third. And he just said, like, I'll be upfront. It makes me feel insecure to know you've been with, like, you know, you've had all these sexual experiences and I haven't. Like, I want to be able to make you feel good. And it came from that place and I appreciated that he was honest. And then I, I find that personally, no one has been bothered by my amount of people that I've slept with because, one, they're emotionally mature men. And, two, also because I... There's so much effort I put into making someone feel valued and that I'm attracted to them that they they feel secure with us anyway. So it's not like they're going to be having these thoughts going past me, like she's not happy with me or she's she's done this. She's not a relationship person because you know everyone they all knew that I have like I've had consistent long term relationships. I've had five boyfriends or at least two or more years um, since I was a child. So. Mm. And boyfriends in between. So I am a relationship person. So I do think that even if I have a high body now, um, body count, that they can understand. Well, she's still a loyal person. She's still, I am like the queen of talking about like marriage and love, commitment. So what it, what is the actual worry there? It's more probably a hit to your ego more than anything if mm. there is a concern. Um, but no one said it to me. No one seems to actually have an issue to me. But I know to my friends, it's been huge issues. Um, and maybe because they don't have the boyfriends and, and or, or aren't a sex therapist and a you know relationship therapist, they don't have that contextual information to relieve someone's anxiety around it. So mm. it's interesting. I remember actually my first uh, relationship um, she was two or three years younger than me and, and still had a higher, like a, a higher body count than I did. Um, mm. I mean, we were both in single digits, but because I was, I was 19 and she was 16. And so I felt really insecure when she told me, but something that really got to me was, I think we were having a bit of a lovey dovey moment. And then, um, I don't think she meant this, but I remember saying, oh, you're the best person I've ever slept with. You're number one. And then she, I, I dead set, she goes, yeah, you're up there. <laughs> and after that, I couldn't, that, that, that comment made me so insecure about the whole thing. 
and I couldn't get over yeah. that because that's sad. you know imagine yeah. hearing that 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 really hurt um yeah but now I just don't I just have a policy of don't ask don't tell um yeah I think that's good I don't want to know I'm just gonna assume and guess that you know you if you're a modern middle class western woman um you've had your fun I've had my fun too and you know I think where a lot of guys might get a bit insecure is because they they you know your girlfriend or your or your partner is someone very special to you and you treasure that person and then especially with social media you you can't help but think oh there's all these people that she's had those intimate moments with who might be still interacting with her you know commenting on her photos and uh, I know it's very irrational, but this is definitely these are feelings I've I've definitely felt, and I think a lot of younger men uh, really feel. Um, it can come across as quite harsh and, and, and cruel, and I can see that side of it. But I can also see that I don't think from from the male perspective it's necessarily a sort of oh, you know, you're a that's. It, it, it can have the effect of putting someone down, but it's it, it is coming from a place of. I feel insecure, insecure. and yeah. uh, I I don't like, you know, I treasure you and I think that you're something very special to me and, and, and sex is part of that uh, bond that we have and you've experienced that with um, with other men and that, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, and then I guess it's what you do with those, those feelings that can then, you know, determine whether it's uh, toxic or uh, uh, controlling, because yeah. it sounds like even you, you, in, in your experience with your ex-boyfriend, he was he was insecure, but he still dealt with it in a in a pretty yeah. mature way. Um, and then the other thing that that a lot of guys in the comments will say, uh, you know, I can I can imagine a lot of uh, women would get you know, angry about this sort of stuff, but they'll say things like, you have no self-respect. If you've got a body count above a certain number, you you belong to the streets. That's the, that's yeah. the new one now. And oh, that yeah. mentality, I guess, comes from this, uh, the the notion that, all right, for, for women to, to have casual sex, they just have to accept the offers that are being uh, laid out to them. Whereas for men to have casual sex, they need to, you know, either be at the top of their game and be really good looking or there's there's that sort of disparity that I think these people have internalized and and there's certain truths to that I'm not going to deny that and as a result I think oh well th this is a person who doesn't value sex and intimacy um mm. and thinks and you know therefore when I try to treat this person uh, in a special way and 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 love them I feel like that love means less because uh, they've, you know, had those intimate moments with other people who maybe didn't treat them in that special way and didn't have that emotional connection. Um, so it's complicated and it's a, it's a tough thing to untangle. I don't think there's anything wrong if someone does get insecure about someone having a higher body count, but like what we always say, it's then what you do with it. Uh, do you then make her feel bad and, and do you, you know unnecessarily create a lot of conflict and and sometimes you're not in control of your feelings um mm -hmm. jealousy can be really hard on the other person but you, i know this from personal experience you just you can't help yourself sometimes and 
that can really damage and destroy a relationship and someone else's self-esteem. So uh, I'd be interested yeah. to know, you, you said earlier that a few of your friends have had uh, much worse experiences when they've had the uh, mm. body count conversation. Uh, if, if you don't mind sharing, what are, what are some of the experiences they may have had? Well, I think that you touched on the, the jealousy aspect is a big thing. And unfortunately, when people feel jealous, it's it's very unlikely that people have the emotional intelligence or the emotional maturity to say, I feel jealous, I'm uncomfortable, like, sorry, it's really hard for me to know that. Other people have been with you, I, I recognize that's irrational, blah, blah, blah. But instead, when people feel jealous, they any, I guess, behavior is, is one of two things. It's either safety-seeking or attention like um or needs fulfilling um mm. so basically when i'm jealous and i'm saying oh you're fucking you're a slut like that's disgusting like how could you let people use you i'm putting you down because i am in that behavior seeking for you to reassure me seeking for you to validate that i'm the one that you're most attracted to i'm the one that you want but it's coming across the wrong way you don't if you want that need met you have to recognize that and not shame someone into needing that um meeting that need of yours so i think that's what was happening to my friends is that they basically just got looked down on shamed and like they're like boy like i'm educated i earn six figures like so what I've had sex with 21 men, like get over it or whatever. Mm. Um, and meanwhile, they've had sex with 35 women. So it's just the double standard of it. And to be honest, I can understand like we all have uh, personal biases and, and values. So some people value sex and think, I think a really good example is that on that couple um, married at first sight and he slept with her. They had a really good night. They oh, slept together. Yeah. And then afterwards, like a day later, he was like, look, I'm not I'm not developing those feelings for you yet, but I'm getting along with you really well. And she was like, how the hell could you sleep with me then? That's disgusting. Like you're filthy. Like, And that was the end of their relationship, basically. It was no coming back from that. But that was different values around sex. Her having sharing that intimacy with him was, I, I feel comfortable. My feelings are there so much. Let's let's develop this relationship further. And then him having sex with her was let's, you know, I'm having fun with you. I feel comfortable with you. Like mm. I'm, I feel like we could be intimate and have a great time. So they just had different understandings of it. And it's, it's no one's fault in that, I guess, scenario. And when it comes to the body count, you're going to make certain assumptions off it. I make assumptions off someone's body count. Anyone makes you a judgment on it. anything. Yeah. yeah you mm. can't help it. And when people hear, high body count from a male's perspective you may think okay if eliza says she slept with 60 men whatever then maybe um that means she's a party girl maybe it means that she can't be loyal or maybe it means that her head can be turned maybe it means she doesn't know how to say no or stand up for herself you know it could mean all these things or maybe it means that she she's got a lot of like trauma and wounds that she's needing other people to fulfill it she can't like satisfy on her own so people make those um judgments i guess on people and i would assume if someone told me look i've had 100 partners my first initial thought before i stepped into like a rational perspective would be does this person respect women and can this person be loyal to me that would be my my thought process um and that's happened to me before with one of my one of my ex-boyfriends um, told me 
that he had slept with um, at least 65 women. And I was floored because this guy was so shy, no game. He was so awkward. And on our first date, he was constantly like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm sorry. Like, you're so like pretty. Like, I haven't met a girl like you. Like telling blah, blah. the truth then? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> because when I found a lot out, of guys, like, a lo- six months into our relationship, and I was like, what's the fuck? Like, Just I don't know. Real quickly, I uh, you said earlier, girls will sort of, uh, say three because they know, oh, well, look, guys are going to yeah. get insecure no matter what I say, so I'll just say three. A lot of guys will uh, amplify their body count and just outright lie. Yeah. Uh, I know guys, especially yeah. when especially when they're younger. Um, I know with me this definitely changed, but, yeah, it was something I was very insecure about uh, when I was younger because I uh, felt like I wasn't as – well, it just came down to like I felt like I wasn't as attractive as other dudes and I wasn't as uh, potent and, um, you know, I wasn't fulfilling my role uh, as a, you know, as an attractive young uh, man. And mm. then I, I just felt really insecure about it. And that insecurity then rubs off and it, it manifests in the way you interact with women. And then it's yeah. just a self-perpetuating negative cycle where if you're insecure about things like body count and um, whether that's a partner's body count or your body count, that's going to actually decrease your, that's going to decrease the potential for getting a higher body count, uh, because yeah. you're going to be really insecure. Um, 65 is quite a lot. Hey, uh, how old was yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was a couple of years older than me. So at the time, maybe he was 27 then. Um, oh, yeah. which I, when he explained it to me, I was like, I'm so curious. Like, that's interesting. I would never have thought it um, because you're such like a gentle and um, like awkward person. Like, I was messaging my friends on our first date being like, this guy's game is so cringe. Like, I can't do it. Mm. Um, and then we fell in love. But he um, he said to me, he was like, I went through like my, he was, his friend had. Um, oh, that's right. I remember. Suicided yeah. and he went through a really bad um mental health time he was like I didn't give a fuck I was out for two years like going god knows where doing like getting fucked up and doing all this shit he's like I have so much regret about it um and the year prior to meeting me he hadn't slept with anyone um but so I do believe him and it was interesting to think I've only ever seen this one side of this person who was so like mushy it's hard Mm. to imagine another side but I guess one thing I've learned is in my partner's They've always shared how many, like, people they've slept with. I've never even asked, but I've gone from, you know, someone that slept with, with um, 65 people plus and then someone that slept with two people and everyone, you know, in between. And there's been no difference. There's no difference in, I guess, sexual satisfaction, connection, passion, loyalty, love and commitment. Like, that's the big takeaway, I think, from this is just because someone's had a lower amount of partners, it doesn't mean they're going to be more loyal to you or more, like, willing to commit to you. So I know that from being, looking at these videos on TikTok, that girls are so scared about having their number go up that they recycle men (laughs) so that they can have sexual satisfaction but not have to say they slept with more men. So they'll get with people from their past just so that they can satisfy them because they don't want to reach that judgment. And I also found that a lot of 
um, women and girls are perpetuating that belief that it's shameful for women to have many sexual partners themselves. Because I, when I, when you look at like hashtag body count on TikTok, so many girls are like, everyone thinks I've had 40 partners. I've only had two. There's thousands of videos like that. Like people being like, everyone my age, I'm 21. Everyone slept with 10 people. I've slept with zero. Like bragging about it. Well, it's great, but I don't you pick me, girl. Yeah, it's a projection more than anything because yeah. I think uh, humans very obviously have an urge to procreate and to want to have sex. And now we're living in a very sexually liberal society, most of us in the West. And for a lot of people, it feels like they can't, they can't be a part of that because they're just not as uh, successful in, in the realm of casual sex. And there is a lot of inequality, as I guess we did discuss on, on the, the podcast before we took a break. Uh, there can be a lot of perceived inequality in that, in that world. And I think then rather than accept the fact like, oh, hey, maybe I'm just not as sexually attractive as some other people, uh, oh, no, it's shameful if these other people uh, have a lot of uh, sex. And look, if you come from a religious background and, and that's a life you've chosen to live, I really respect that. I think uh, if you've had the opportunity to engage in casual sex and you say, no, I'm, I'm dedicated to, to God or you know, to my future partner, I would respect that. And then I wouldn't judge that person if they then started dating someone and found out that other person didn't have those same values or ideals and and then decided to leave them. I, I actually don't think that's necessarily problematic, but uh, I can't believe I said that word. Ne necessarily a problem. I'm not going to use that mm. word too much. Uh, <laughs> too much cringe associated with it. Uh, but I think there, there there's just so much insecurity tied into the judgment about body count. Um, but there is also I would agree with some of that. Uh, I guess red pill. Uh, philosophy wherein I, I do think, especially from ages like 16 to 26, uh, on average, it's probably a lot easier for women to have casual sex than, yes, than yeah. for men. Um, yeah. That I think is true. And I can see where then a, 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 some of that insecurity can come about where, you know, if a man has casual sex, it's an achievement. He's had to yeah. have worked on himself or he's had to be very good looking. Whereas if a woman have, if, if a woman has casual sex, she's just accepted an offer. She's given mm -hmm. into temptation. Um, now, even when I say that, I can see how some people would construe that as sort of judgment. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental or anything like that. I think I'm just trying to, you know, understand the, the world we, we live in. Um, I think, look, if, if you are feeling, if you're a man and you're feeling pretty uh, insecure about your body count or, or your partner's body count, there's nothing wrong with that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad about that. But it's something that uh, maybe you should look inwards and not necessarily, like first just sort of think to yourself, well, where is that insecurity coming from? Um, is this person, you know, like... I said in a couple of podcasts ago, we shouldn't be judging people um, on some bad things. Well, if you, this is subjective, where whether it's bad or not, but yeah, we should be judging people on who they are now. And I, I can, I've been there. I've been very insecure about partners' body count, and and I've, you know, yeah. I've been in that same situation where I've been like, oh, I just feel gross that you. And and what actually was where there was one relation. I think this was like a second relationship. Um, 
there was a point where like the sex actually kind of dried up and this was when we were really young and what then hurt me a lot was that I, I i think i actually had a higher body count than her but you know a few of hers were um one night stands with people she didn't have an emotional connection to and what hurt me more than anything was that oh you're struggling to be turned on by me someone who actually loves you whereas it was so easy for you to like get turned on by a guy that didn't even love you and that that destroyed me that really that really hurt me um but i now since having read a lot of books and and sort of understand how sexual attraction and emotional attraction can be very different i think yeah. if i still heard something like that the the emotional weight would still uh, exist but i, I it it definitely at least in the last couple of relationships for me uh body count hasn't been an issue i didn't i didn't uh, a girl I dated like a year and a half ago, she grew up quite, cons- you know, she had a very strict father, I will say that. So she had a, she did tell me it was, it was, you know, it was pretty low, at least what I think is low uh, for someone in their mid-20s in Australia. And then the one uh, after that, she just told me once, I didn't ask. I was always like, don't ask, don't tell. And she told me, and then like I said, it was like, oh, okay, it wasn't like anything extraordinary it wasn't anything i was surprised by uh it being super low or super high i just thought oh yeah that makes sense uh and then the the girl i'm dating now i just have i've i haven't asked i don't really plan on asking if if she wants to have that conversation i'm happy to share um but it's just not something that really um affects me i I think now i i would be interested to to see how i react if if say I did have that conversation with the current, uh, with my current partner, and then she had a very like a higher number than like a lot higher than mine, and then I think because she's quite she's she's four and a half years younger than me, so then I would I would I don't know how I'd feel in that situation. That might be mm. quite off putting. Um, You'd be so logical as well. You'd be like, okay, so she lost her virginity at this age. And yeah, she's that's this age yep. now. How many years? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I did. When you said 200, I was like, all right, let's work out. How, <laughs> how many luteal phases does she go through? <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard. And, you know, when you have that jealousy and things like that, I think people should really look into understanding and knowing the phase retroactive Um jealousy and reactive jealousy which is retroactive jealousy is when you're jealous and you respond in the present because of part your partner's past partners or experiences so it's worth looking into that um but also i guess to play like devil's advocate on the side of why men in particular have such an issue with women's body counts like yes i think that 90 percent of it comes from their ego um and i do sometimes think that it can be a little bit misogynistic and it can be a little bit objectifying to women however that being said there are biological drivers that can be taken into consideration and can influence us for example um knowing your partner's um body count will impact their ability or in your perspective, their ability to have a pair bond. Mm. So can they be loyal to me? And it also is a biologically men want women to be loyal so that they can bear a child and stay loyal to that man and not go run off with their child with another man. So those are things that may initially be so like embedded in our biology to want someone to be like, I, 
would, would I consider someone with two partners or would I consider someone with 50 partners to be more loyal? You would initially think it's going to be the person with two partners. Whether or not it is, I don't think there's actually going to be that much of a difference. But even I would say, me having probably got a high body count would say probably lean, this person might be slightly more loyal. Like they, they value, you know, sex as a private or loving committed relationship only type thing so who knows um Mm. it can it can be that it makes sense um but i think that we all just need to be a little bit understanding and what i take away from this is that someone that's got a high body count it doesn't necessarily mean that it was you know a dark period of their life or they went through a phase or anything like that when i look back on my or my sexual experiences I think well I don't drink alcohol I don't do drugs like all of my things have just all my things all of my sexual experience have just been like fun passionate with with someone I know someone that like I hung out with and I had respect for and they respect and that was my like thing it was like as long as I feel really respected and that we're like mates that's fine um and that it's something I really wanted at that time then that's fine it's it's I've never looked back and been like oh ho phase um so mm. It's it's never something to be shameful. And people don't look at me and think, oh, she's not like relationship material. People do look at me and think that. Um, I am, you know, <laughs> I think a relationship yeah. person. So it is interesting. Sometimes it does seem like men are asking for a lot. You know, they want when they're single, a girl to be freaky and yeah. do everything they want. And then when they get in a relationship, they want her to be really innocent and pure. And yeah it sort of does come across as look mate you can't you can't have everything um that's it you got yeah. you probably got to pick one or the other let's be honest like, <laughs> I, the, shy, the shy girls are the ones that actually have to <laughs> there's also tiktoks where you know pov you're talking to the shy girl and they're using that one sound where it was like i was a bang i was a gang bang girl and like i fucked <laughs> like 500 guys um so true and uh i was gonna oh, what was i gonna yeah another thing about uh i guess if we uh, explore the the potential biology of this is that paternity certainty um, is yeah. is might it might be something that's affecting uh, men because if you find out that the the person you're hoping to eventually have kids with has has uh, slept with a lot of men there might be just a sort of biological trigger well oh that makes me less certain that I will be the biological father when we do have kids and there are uh by all accounts there are about somewhere between two to uh ten percent they don't know because so many people are dishonest on these surveys Mm. where uh people have been lied to about who their biological father is and you know hearing that as a as a guy that's that's kind of (laughs) scary um you know if that that's a lot like two to ten percent like let's say even if it is two percent that's you think back to high school if you had a cohort of 100 that's two people who you know the mother's kept a secret and that is cruel i think that's really you know i can't see a situation where that would be Ideal. Um, morally yeah. uh permissible um so there's some you know i don't think uh a man having like i guess some reservation or like second thoughts if they're not reactive, like you said, uh, about those conversations. I think that's, I don't think that always needs to be judged. Um, 
but it is a it's a it's a complex one um i from what i've read as well when we were in hunter gatherer tribes there wasn't monogamy um that was something that really was enforced as we moved into agricultural societies mm-hmm. but you had a bond with the tribe so everyone in the tribe raised the baby they also before science like well modern the modern conception of science uh, a lot of hunter-gatherer tribes didn't actually understand the link between um, sex and, and pregnancy. Like they didn't know. They just thought, oh, all the men who have had sex with that woman are the fathers of that child. Yes, they didn't. They yeah. didn't know that it was the you know the sperm um, fertilizing the egg. They obviously couldn't had no way of saying that. So I'd assume if you grew up in that kind of a context, you'd probably have less paternity jealousy because you would have just been brought up in an environment where the tribe is one and, and we all raise the child together. And that actually is a big problem with kind of moving away from monogamy in today's society when things like the, the family unit or just cohabitating with a partner are still so ingrained uh, in, in, into this society. It's, it's very hard to then have that same kinship and bond with the other people who may be sleeping with the person you're sleeping with mm-hmm. that would have probably um you know mollified some of that jealousy mm-hmm. uh that that may have come about in a different era and and context um and that's actually made me rethink some of my stances on on open relationships and things like that i i don't know right now i don't know what the I guess the optimal or the best thing to do is, um, yeah. unless you, yeah, I, uh, I, I, look, I guess what I'm saying is I can definitely understand where a lot of that jealousy yeah. comes from. There, there may even be uh, biological, uh, well, it's likely there are, there are sort of biological mechanisms that uh, cause us to feel that way. And, and you can't just shame every man for having those, uh, responses and and like i said i think if they've actually lived that life themselves and and then are looking for a partner who has those same values i don't think that's that's a problem or that's even hypocritical i guess the the issue does come when uh they have a different standard for men versus women but that yeah there are also biological differences but at the same time i think there are also cultural differences and uh look it's not going to serve you well if, if you're a man listening that that might be disagreeing with me it's going to serve you well in today's world having that kind of a mentality um exactly if a man tells me that yeah red flag for me yeah instant turn off if someone was asking me what's your point i actually one person in my life that i dated briefly said to me um if you had 10 or above partners i'm gonna be turned off and uh, it's like, fuck, see you later then. <laughs> That's piss off. Um, because I was just turned off. Like, I'm, it was just a really gross thing for me. Um, what was that on a, in, on a first date? or? No, it was like fourth or fifth. Um, okay. So he said if you've had ten. He was, was already he... quite into me. So yeah. I was like, Did well, he say it as a joke? Like, uh, if you've had ten or more, no. I'm going to leave kind of thing? Or, no, he meant no, it. No, it was yeah, dead okay. serious. Dead serious. Um, well, then he so can't get was... mad if you, if you then say, yeah. well, all right, well, then this won't work. Yeah. Like, well, that, that's just, he's just putting out, okay, these are my conditions. And then you have to say, well, all right, I, yeah, and that's then, what you want. Which... I'm not going to 
satisfy that, so goodbye. Literally, kind of thing. exactly what happened. And then he backtracked so much and was like, it's yeah. okay, like, I'll look past yeah. it. What and I was like, look past what? Like, fuck, sorry for being an empowered... Like, you're attracted to me because you said you love my sexual energy, you love that I'm open and, and free and, like, happy-go-lucky, whatever. And then the things you're attracted to me about are also going to be the issue for you. So, no, not going to work. Um, but I think that, you know... It is okay to have preferences. It is okay to have, you know, judgments on it and be like, I'm not uncomfortable with it, especially if your numbers are very low and you want someone to be able to experience those things with and share that with. I totally, that makes sense. Um, however, when you look at videos of men explaining this, like the reasons why they don't want to, it's really demeaning and objectifying when men keep saying, referring to us as like a car with lots of mileage or um use or <laughs> yeah, that's a bad analogy yeah, or sh she's getting loose if you think that someone that's had lots of sexual partners is getting loose you don't know a fucking thing about vaginas and i'm not going to sleep with you anyway because you just you're not going to know what to do that's that's enough of an answer for me what um, do you think how of does it yeah sorry Go, sorry you you finish i was just going to say how do you think it makes a difference if someone has slept with 30 men and someone has had a boyfriend for two years and sleeps with him every couple of days and they've had sex 400 times. Like, you know, hmm. it's just... <laughs> uh, just real quickly, I guess it might hint at that person being more likely, you know, like um, not being satisfied maybe. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate again here. Like if, if yeah. you find out someone isn't satisfied in a long-term relationship or like left i would actually raise more eyebrows if someone told me oh i left a boyfriend after you know two or three weeks because sorry after two or three months because the sex got boring then i'd think well hang on a minute like are you just going to leave someone just yes. when the sex gets boring that's something yeah. i would i wouldn't judge someone yeah. but i'd think well hang on a minute like this is i don't want if we're in a five-year relationship and then suddenly the sex gets boring i want someone who's going to like at least try to Agreed. stick yeah. it out um, and yeah. maybe, you know, someone who's had more casual partners versus long-term relationships, it could hint that they have th those kind of characteristics. Uh, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, what do you think of the, uh, lock and key metaphor that's often used? Cause I've, uh, used this one on videos and it's, it's gotten a pretty mixed response to say the least. Um, obviously it's not a very scientific thing, but what do they say? A lock that can open. No, sorry, a key a that key? can open many locks is a good key, but a lock that gets opened by a lot of keys is a bad lock. Well, why can't the women be the lock, <laughs> the key, and the men be the lock? Like, why is it? I actually very much enjoy the um, perspective that, you know, of women coming back, especially on TikTok, about this whole body count thing, thing and trying to reframe men being like, you're the easy one. Like, I can... Literally, all I have to do is say yes. Like, you guys are the easy ones, not us for having a high body count. I I get to make the decisions. I get to decide. You just say yes. Like, that's that's not my perspective. Just disclaimer. That's what's on TikTok. And I kind of enjoy that a little bit. Like, it is a little bit satisfying to be like, let's flip the script. Um, it does apply to both. And so there is this double standard. It does, in some things, it makes sense. Just like it makes sense for a woman to not want to have someone that's had a million 
sexual partners. It makes sense for men not to want to have someone that's had lots of sexual partners as well. Or it can be the other way around. I want someone with experience. I want someone that knows what they're doing. And like like you said, and like I said before, my you know initial judgment if I hear someone's had a lot of partners is can they be loyal to me? Can they stay committed in this relationship and satisfied? Or are they going to be in that um, kind of habit? Like I actually not so much sex, but relationship. My friend um, started dating this guy and she was falling really, really fast and hard in love with him. And they were very infatuated. It was all that like really new relationship excitement, sexual energy. And then after like, as soon as it hit around like two months of after they've met, he was like, um, he called her and he broke up with her and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel like such a terrible person. I really wanted this to work out. I just can't get there with you emotionally. This happens with every single person I date. He chronically dates women for two months, breaks up with them, dates them for two months because as soon as he's getting out of the chase, the achievement of mm. winning someone, that excitement, the getting to know someone phase, the butterflies, he's like, this isn't satisfying. So he leaves. So I can see why some people would make that assumption around sex as well. Like as soon as it's not like this wild, passionate, like doing all these crazy things and it's more of a slow intimate or whatever, people might be like, oh, well, here's the same thing. Let me just, okay, it's been 40 seconds. I'll turn around now like we always do and do it this way. Um, so yeah, so it makes sense why some people might, might have those presumptions and mm. think, it's a turn off. I think if that's something that you're uh, that that you do have, uh, a, you know, you you, you want to know about the person's body count, etc. Get it over and done with early on in, yeah. in the dating phase, and then and then if someone does stop dating you because they're not happy with your body count, if it's early on, then just you, it might hurt a little bit, but you shrug your shoulders and say, "All right, that person probably wasn't." Right for me anyway, um, but exactly. I think when people have these conversations months in, that's when it becomes an issue uh, because it's also you've you've probably idealized this person. You're in um, you're in love with them, and you think they're very special, and that's a big part of love. This person's so special. This person's an angel, and then you find out oh they've been that special someone with other people that. It just ruins that idealized image and that's where I think a lot of that, like you say, reactive jealousy can come about and in most of those situations, people just want to be comforted and um, I, I know, yeah, in, in those early relationships I was talking about, I think that's what I was ultimately looking for. Um, yeah, and that's it's, it. It's a pretty unhealthy way of expressing it but uh, yeah. if, if you're aware of that, that um, can can help it's only it's only human to be to be jealous and things i i one thing i want to bring up which i feel like people will comment about is uh there are statistics uh, that show well it's they're very i guess politically incorrect um and it it shows that the more sexual partners a woman has the more it correlates mental with, health yeah and personality divorce, disorders yeah and substance uh, use yeah. all of those things uh I think that the one I've seen about divorce is that zero, uh, if if the uh, person, a woman marries, is her first sexual partner, she's least likely to get divorced. And then it sort of keeps going up, up to about, I think, three or four, 
then it actually goes down again, and then it goes up again. It's a weird. It, that's a really interesting trend. I wonder why it's sort of. You know, here's it's, my. It's high, it, I, I would, yeah. I just real quickly. I think it's because, yeah. you know, they've they've had an experience of what other people are like, but maybe they still haven't had a lot yeah. of casual sex. So then, when the marriage goes bad, they they're less likely to. This is just too bad now. I've I know what a you know good sex and a good relationship is. I'll leave. Uh, whereas once it gets like over eight or nine, maybe it's like I've gotten that phase out of my system. Yes, I don't need yeah. the excitement anymore. I've realized that yeah. I don't want to live that life. Um, and and the sad thing is not a lot of people can actually get to that point because to get to that point, you actually kind of do have to have a lot of sexual partners and then you start to realize, well, all right, this isn't necessarily the most fulfilling thing in the world. Um, and I think the zero, what a statistic I'd be interested in is you have to control for... Uh, cultural variables yes, because because yeah. the women that have had zero sexual partners that are then marrying um, the first person they have sex with, I'm assuming are more, much more likely to be religious and have a lot of shame associated with divorce. Yes. And so you have to then actually control for, say, like the happiness of the marriage. What I would be interested in is a study that shows like, all right, here's a bunch of atheists that have all lived a similar cultural life. And then let's compare yeah. how many sexual partners they ha- they've had and how uh, successful their, their marriage was. And with men, it's really interesting. It actually, uh, your chance of divorce goes down uh, the more sexual partners you have, up to about 20. This was one graph I saw, by the way, so I can't, I don't know uh, how yeah. many were in this sample study and things like that, but it goes up to about 20, it goes down. Then it suddenly uh, rises again. Yeah. And I, I, I would aver that... Uh, if you've slept with more than 20 people, maybe there's like a compulsion there or you were trying, you, you know, you, you, you're not a, re- maybe you are not a relationship person. And I'm just talking about men, but I'm talking about everyone here. Like you got to weigh up these things without maybe shaming people. But I mean it in a, in a way that, you know, maybe you want that chase, like this guy you were talking about previously. Maybe you, you sort of have this kind of psychological urge to just feel like you're always, uh, conquering and, and winning and, and achieving something and, you know, putting your <laughs> seed there or whatever. Um, and that's not healthy for a marriage. So I can see how those sorts of people would have a higher rate of divorce. Whereas maybe the men who have had very low sexual partners are just men who are un- unfortunately uh, not as... Uh, 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 and I'm not just talking about physical attraction here, but they're maybe just not a good marriage prospect compared to other men and as a result maybe they are needy or maybe women are more likely to to leave them there maybe there are some sort of issues that uh you know there's not there's nothing wrong with having um a low amount of sexual partners at all but for men if it's not sort of a cultural choice you you maybe do have to wonder like are you an incel like uh what you you know like what what why is it then correlating to low like a higher uh, div- divorce rate that that's really interesting there um yeah yeah and, and that maybe sense. and that's why those men would be the angriest possibly because they're they're like oh and i don't want to mean those like not, i don't want to sort of other them those men or whatever but um they've got the most to lose in a in a i guess a sexually liberated society uh so mm. look all of this i guess makes sense in the grand scheme of things um We've, you know, yeah. changed a lot in just the space of fifty to sixty years from the the sexual revolution of the of the nineteen sixties, and and we're catching up. You know, our our uh, 
physiology was formed over millions and millions of years and mm. this and culture has changed over 50 years and, and you know it, it doesn't it takes a while to then adapt to that and figure out the best way to to move forward so yeah exactly. what were you gonna what you were gonna say uh, something well you basically touched on it that i was gonna say under the three and under is probably religious and cultural and then the three to eight is like i've only had three partners i didn't get to experience dating maybe mm. i need more and so you leave and then once you had eight it goes down again the rate of divorce because you're like well i've experienced that blah 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 um but i was going to say as well that for my own turn your vibrator off <laughs> did you hear that yeah. <laughs> that was um not my vibrator that was my dad calling me <laughs> um <laughs> sorry um but what i was gonna say is that in my own personal experience um when it kind of explains the stats whether or not this is a controversial you know uh thing to say but in my first couple of relationships when i'd only been with those that person and then in my first relationship the guy I lost my virginity to my second relationship is the second person i slept with i was extremely fearful of um leaving those relationships and wanting to stay in them for way too long. We were together for years because I didn't know, like, is this what love is? Is this the best I'll get? Is this, do I push through these feelings and doubts? How do I go about that? Is there more out there? But what if I let go of the best thing that's ever happened to me? So I probably stayed there two years too long. Um, and by having had more sexual partners and more relationships, I know now that even though, like, you know, I, I consider Adrian to be the love of my life. We bought a house together. We got a dog together. Like, we're very in love. Um, but I also know, based on my previous experiences in relationships, that if something happened, if we broke up, if, you know, something happened to one of us, that I know that I can find a beautiful and fulfilling relationship again in the future at another point. And no matter what happens with any partner, there are partners that you can have. It would be a different relationship. It may be worse. It may be better. Who knows? But there is, the more you date, the more you realize, okay, I haven't just got one great guy. Like there's lots of great people out there. Um, a relationship will naturally ebb and flow. You're not going to feel yeah. that intense chemistry the whole time. Oh, yeah. Um, and you shouldn't be seeing it as, is this person the one for me? Is the relationship we have the best relationship yeah, for me? Because, exactly. You know, not yeah. one, you know, no one person is going to be um, th th this perfect person that fulfills yeah. everything. Uh, but you can, I, I honestly, I'm actually at a point now where I, I believe like, yeah, it's not really about the person you're in the relationship with. It's, it's the relationship itself yeah. as, a, as a whole. And I think, you know, if, if there's an issue in the relationship, it's an issue for both people. And I wouldn't want to be with someone, I guess, who just like is either too blaming on, on one other person because they're not actually then taking responsibility for if one person is feeling, I guess, insecure or has an issue. I think both people have to figure out a way to solve that because that, that's an issue. It's not an issue with that person. It's an issue in the relationship. So it's an issue for you too. Uh, exactly. and, and that I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I guess with this, this one, it's still very new, but I'm trying to sort of live out that ethos, uh, currently, 
Um, uh, but that's you know that I digress there. There's a there's uh, that's not really to do with body count. But um, to conclude this, I, I definitely uh, feel like this could be a controversial one. Uh, people will have a lot to say. I've taken actually quite a I guess a progressive uh, stance on this. Uh, I know a lot of men who would probably disagree with me and yeah. and think that you know I'm being too soft <laughs> on modern culture. But uh, by all means, comment. Um, and I think yeah. a lot of the statistics that people uh, do put out there, while there is a truth to it, I, I would be more inclined to accept the conclusions they're making if they can show me those controls that I was asking for before. So you need to actually show me, all right, here are a bunch of women and men who've had a, you know, not, obviously not the same, but an identical cultural upbringing, have an ident identical idea about what a relationship means and what, how sex should be valued. And then show me like, all right, here's the variety in their um, sexual experiences and the corresponding divorce rate, then I'd be more inclined to accept yeah. that. But there's just too many other variables when when that study uh, is often uh, spoken about. Can I? F can we finish on, on one thing? I know that you said earlier, you know, like it's a, I'm an empowered woman and I've slept with, you know, I've, I've had my fun and experiences. But then also you said like, if I'm having a one night stand with someone, I want to make sure that they respect me. Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like, what, is there like a conflict there where it's seen as empowering to go and like uh, for a woman to sleep around and to uh, have casual sex? And I can see why, because historically there was a lot of shame associated with that. But then at the same time, a lot of women will say like, I don't want to be used. I don't yeah. want to be objectified. But that's what casual sex is. I'm sorry, but like it's, yeah, we're respecting each other. But step. like you're, yeah. we're objectifying each other. There's no yeah. Yeah, intense yeah, yeah. emotional connection. But like, you know, you're out yeah. at a bar. You're like, fuck, you're hot. And yeah. I like talking to you. Let's bang. Yeah. Like it's an objective. Both people are objectifying each other. So I don't, I, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a contradiction there. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that to wrap yeah, this I, one up. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Like just the other day, my friend posted um, in our group chat and she sent a photo basically saying, um, don't sleep around because you're exchanging sexual energy and that is, you know, sexual it's energy. karmic energy and it drains, it's bad for your soul. It marks your soul, like blah, blah, blah. And then... You know, my perspective is that I find it empowering and that's just because that's my lived experience of it. everyone's going to have a different thing. I've never felt used, even though I know, you know, I've connected with people for the purpose of sex. I still feel like I've always been respected. I've always got along. I've always had banter and chats and we've always hung out. And it's like, I've never had, I guess, like a one night stand where it's a bang and see you later. It's always been like a hangout, playing video games, getting food connecting physically and then staying the night getting breakfast and coffee in the morning and then I've I've probably had um conversations post everyone I've slept with catching up on the phone like texting like how are you going so mm. it's never been like that for me but I understand for some people that they don't feel valued and if it leaves you feeling gross and ashamed or or unworthy after you have casual sex then don't do it if it's not making you feel like I like fuck yeah go me I needed that if it, if you're not having those feelings step back from it um, mm. because a lot of people turn towards sex where 
as sabotage, as punishment, um, for trying to feel something. And, you know, there, there are reasons why sex comes hand in hand with substance abuse, personality disorders, mental health issues. So it is really important that you're not using sex as a tool for something. Sex should be an addition. Like I don't use sex because I'm horny. I need to get off. I use sex when I have sex when I'm like, I'm excited. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling passionate. I want to express it. Sometimes I'll express it through sex. Sometimes I'm going to get my art book out and do a fucking giant painting. You know, mm. it's always positive. So if it's not positive for you, please seek therapeutic support. Um, don't keep going down and having multiple sexual partners because it can have a really long lasting impact for you. And that impact can stay for years and years. So that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just find it very interesting where like, even I guess within, from what I can observe the, the feminist community, there seems to still be like a little bit of a, it, it doesn't yeah. seem consistent to me. Like sometimes we're yeah. saying, yeah, it's so empowering. Like we should be able to do what we want, but then also don't, don't use me you know, don't objectify yeah. me, that's sexist. And, and you sort of think, well, well, which one? I, 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 would you say that if, if you like had a one night stand and you didn't have that fun, uh, you know, he was maybe very cold or it just, it looked like he was just trying to get his rocks off without yeah, actually think... having a fun experience. Because from, from, the, from yeah. the women I've talked to around our age, uh, they, they do feel used if, say, like, you know, it's a, hey, come over. And then there's like two minutes of chat. Yes. Boom. I, I finished in two minutes. Boom. Okay. Can you leave now? Then yeah. it just feels like the guy just wanted to get his, uh, his rocks off, which look in most casual sex situations, I yeah. think that's what the man ultimately does want. But it, you, you got, I guess you got to sort of compromise with that. And, and well, first of all, to, if, if you're a man wanting to have those experiences, uh, you, you got to make it, you, you don't have to just, um, uh, seduce a, a woman to come back to your place. You got to hopefully make it a, a fun experience for her as well, and that's Please. not just with your with your sexual prowess. It's it's also yeah. just with uh, uh, like you were saying. What are you actually doing before the sex, and what's the what's the banter like? You yeah, know? Um, that's it. I can understand when people feel. I think it's a lot about how you treat your partner is really, really important. Um, you know, if someone has sex with you and then throws a towel on you and is like, I right, see ya, of course you're going to feel disrespected and you're going to feel used and kind of gross. So it happens and, you know, it, it just like, it makes sense sometimes. Um, so like I always put an effort with anyone that I sleep in to make sure like even like it, it just, I don't want to be stereotyping like, oh, well, he has to be the one to come, like, you know, make sure I'm comfortable. I do the same for them. I've always basically only, I don't go to other people's houses or I didn't when I was single. And I usually would have people over um, if I was going to do that. And it would be like, oh, let's have a cup of tea afterwards or a glass of wine. And those kind of things where it's really important to show that person and demonstrate. You don't have to be romantic. You don't have to be kissy and cuddly and saying you're beautiful and stroking her head, but you have to show respect. That's it. Just be fucking respectful. It's about being a decent human. So um, for some people, opening up sexually is really challenging and difficult. So if you're just not like being a bit, okay, thanks for fucking me now, get off. It is really demeaning and challenging space to be in. And a lot of men may not experience that because women will 
tend to stereotypically be a little bit more nurturing even if it's casual they'll be more likely to lie on your chest afterwards or be like oh do you want to like hang out or they're more likely to be like that <laughs> yeah that's <true. laughs> so not always classic but, yeah. trope of a lot of uh, stand-up comedy right you know yeah oh exactly. what have i done how do i get out of here <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, exactly but yeah, like you gotta you gotta do it for the for the fun of it and not just for the actual sex. And then that'll that'll show in the way you're uh, acting uh, when she's at your place or in your room or wherever it may be. Um, if you're just again like like I was similar to what I said earlier, it will benefit you as a man trying to do this if you are actually mm. trying to not just like get laid, but you're trying to give not just the woman a fun experience, but give yourself a fun experience too. That doesn't just involve, for, I know for a lot of dudes are probably like, well, the, that's the only fun part. I don't want to talk, <laughs> but um, I think you can still, you know, I, that's why when you, when you look at all these love Island type shows, you know, all the guys there are like, Oh, she's got to have great banter. They got to have great banter. <laughs> yeah. That's where a lot of the fun comes for me as well. The kind of like sexual yeah. tension with, uh, with yeah. things like banter and, and flirtation and then you always got to have have a bottle of wine at your place if you want to live that um single life always always at least one okay yeah because like if you're at a bar and you're on a tinder date you can't it's much easier to to say hey uh do you want to i've got a bottle of wine at my place would you like to come back and share that rather than hey do you want to come back to my place so for herbal tea pro tip, <laughs> like i would say <laughs> pro, what what herbal tea Herbal tea. I'll be like, I'll do your tarot card reading. Oh. <laughs> Come over. <laughs> Me next minute, he's crying. Come yeah. Look at the palm. What's, yeah. Hand, what's happening? Um, what's coming? You will be. <laughs> all right. That was, well, that was bad. On that note, <laughs> I'm the comedian here. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope this was a good one after the break. Uh, just, just be aware that. Uh, Eliza is very busy, and if you do send her very, uh, not necessarily questions, but serious therapy situations on Instagram, uh, a lot of them are very, uh, can be quite intense. And obviously, when you get a message like that, you want to do the right thing. You want to do the ethical and the moral thing and and help someone and answer them. But um, at the same time, uh, it's sometimes hard to say like, oh, just don't send me those things. Like I've got, I've got too much on my plate. So just be aware if you do have a very serious uh, situation that you need some advice with, maybe, y- you know, uh, first talk to your friends and, and family before you immediately uh, message Eliza. Yeah, thank you. you. Of course you can message, but please don't expect that I will respond because sometimes I just, I don't have the energy, especially during the, pandemic and the lockdown I'm already doing like nine hours a day of zoom conferences and I by the time I finish I get so burnt out that I can't go on my phone and spend another hour 50 minutes Mm. writing a response so please bear with me but I still appreciate it and I can understand like when it's something like hey these are the troubles in my marriage well you can't leave that person on scene can you so yeah uh, yeah but that's great that you know you've you know, you, you trust, you trust her. None of you send, you can send them to me. I'll give you some advice. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what my advice is. You'd be like, read this book. You're being book. a bitch. <laughs> yeah, read this book. Read Testosterone. 
stop being a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The chimpanzees yeah, back yeah, in yeah. the day. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be answering some subscriber questions on the next uh, podcast. So subscribe and comment and we'll see you next time. See you next week.